This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right today? Oh, I trust so. Bless your heart. Glad to be back with you. This your good friend, Bob Cook. We're looking into the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 3. Precious verses. We were walking around there for a while in the passages surrounding 316, God so loved the world. Interestingly enough, it says the problem with unsaved people, the crisis point, the turning point with unsaved people is that they love sin. Men love darkness, and that word loved is the very same Greek verb that is used in, in 3.16, God so loved the world, and all compelling, all giving, all pervading love. And, and so men love darkness rather than light. Interesting, isn't it? Well, then we came on in, uh, in verse 22 to this dialogue where they came to John the Baptist and said, Rabbi, the one you introduced is now your competition. What are you going to do about that? Let me ask you something. What do you do about competition in Christian work? You've been pastor of the first church while I will arise, or whatever you call it, for 20 years. Doing your best, going along, modest growth, nothing outstanding, but nothing to be ashamed of either. Now there comes a young preacher into town and starts a work down the street from you, and people flock to him. Some of your own congregation show up missing in your services, and you hear through the grapevine that they were down there at this, this new church, here listening to this new preacher. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's pretty hard to pray for him, isn't it? Hard to pray, Lord, bless him, when you think he's stealing your sheep. Well, nobody forced him to go there. You didn't force them, and he didn't. Did he? So what are you going to do about competition? They, they were saying that to John. said, the fellow you introduced is now your competition, and he's got bigger crowds than you. And there's more money in his offering. We know because we count it. <laughs> oh, boy. People always are glad to give you the bad news, aren't they? Hmm. When I was president of Youth for Christ... I was president from 48 to 57. A little while ago, but human nature hasn't changed much, I assure you. When I was president every May, that's the month we're in. <laughs> I called it Vulture Month because all of the, the buzzards, the evangelical vultures, would gather around and, and wait for, for, for Youth for Christ to die, and they'd sort of pick at uh, the bones, so to speak in anticipation they'd come and sit in my office my my pet peeve is when anybody has nothing to do i don't want him to do it in my office <laughs> and they they'd come and sit in the office and say well bob we're sorry youth for christ is dying <laughs> oh boy that blessed me to death well i would tell them i would say well if it's dying it's a pretty lively corpse and i still have to say that today after the years have passed ted engstrom and and uh, Kelly Beale and Sam Walgamuth and Jay Kessler, and now our brother Wynn, all of them are outstanding leaders 
in the work of Youth for Christ. Earl Schultz, as he oversees the North American missionary outreach of the work. Great leaders. Uh, and the thing is very much alive. But always there are people that are, that are willing to be evangelical buzzards and come and, and be the gloom and doomsayers. Point out the fact that things may not be going as well as you think. That's what they were doing to John the Baptist. Yeah, the man you introduced. He's your competition now. He's getting more people in these crowds and, and there's more people singing in his choir and there's more money in his offering. What are you going to do about that? John the Baptist zeroed into a truth that will help you if you're a pastor, an evangelist, a Sunday school teacher, or just a garden variety Christian like most of us. He zeroed in on a truth that will help you greatly if you put it to work. He said a man can receive nothing except to be given him from, uh, from, uh, from heaven. A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Now, there's two ways to apply that. Number one, what you have, the place where you are, where you are, what you are, and what you have is God's gift to you. Use it. Don't gripe about it. Use it. That's the first thing. The second thing is what the other fellow has is something God has permitted and given to the other person. John pointed out, he said, Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ. I'm sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom. We'd call him the best man today. The best man stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the, the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase. He's the bridegroom. I must decrease. You never saw the best man uh, being congratulated at a wedding, did you? They don't throw rice at the best man. <laughs> John had it right. He must increase. Why? Because he's the one. What do you do about competition? Number one, realize that where you are is where God puts you. Use what he's given you. You spin your wheels and, and waste your energy when you complain. My father used to say to me, boy, it doesn't take any brains to complain. He was right. You spin your wheels and waste your energy when you complain. What you are, where you are, and what you have is what God has given you. Use it for his glory. You say, I'm unhappy in my job. Things are going wrong. The boss doesn't understand me and doesn't, and other people get the credit and all that. I know. The Bible says, pray about your job and things will change. Commit your work unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. Have you prayed about your job? Have you asked God to help you do a better job? Good idea, wouldn't you say? Competition. Where you are, what you are, and what you have is God's gift to you. A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. But apply that also now, beloved, to your competition. Somebody else down the street it seems to be having a better time of it, an easier time, a more profitable time of it. What are you going to do about that? Thank God for him or her or them and ask God to bless you'll find that it helps you do a better job when you pray honestly for somebody else. He said, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye 
may be healed. You get better when you pray for somebody else. You will preach better when you pray for somebody else. You will be more effective as a Sunday school teacher or a Christian worker or a garden variety Christian when you pray for somebody else. And always and always remember that the one who gets the glory is the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it was T.W. Wilson, whom I met years ago, uh, when he had just come, along with others, back from a meeting of the Billy Graham team. Now I've known our brother Graham since the early 1940s. I know him to be a dear, wonderful man of God, absolutely uh, straight and true and honest and sincere, and he has never changed from the fine preacher and person that he was when I first met him. He was the first speaker that we had in 1944 in Chicagoland Youth for Christ, preached on Belshazzar's feast, thou art weighed in the balance and found wanting. Great, convicting gospel sermon. A lot of people saved that night. There in that first rally in Orchester Hall as Tory Johnson led it, and I was the song leader and Billy was the preacher. And so as the years went on, 1948, he started his uh, evangelistic association and was catapulted into nationwide and worldwide fame very shortly thereafter as the Hearst newspapers began to report on his activities, and God continued to bless him. All through these years, he's kept steady and kept clean, and there's been no hint of financial finagling or, or moral uh, hanky-panky or anything else. Good, godly man. Bless him. I love him. Every now and again, he uh, gets his team together, and they go on a retreat somewhere, and, and he opens his heart to them, and they have times of prayer and planning. So, as I say, I think it was T.W. Wilson whom I met right after one of these these team meetings. Well, I said, T., how'd you do? What went on? Oh, he said, it was a tremendous time. Well, I said, I, I know it was tremendous, but what, what really impressed you? He said, you know, Bob, Billy always talks to us out of his heart. And he said, there's one thing I want you people to remember. You must never, never touch the glory. Always give God the glory. Don't ever take any credit. Don't take any glory for yourself. Don't touch the glory. Give God the glory. You know, when it comes right down to it, that's the way to handle success. It's the way to handle your competition. It's the way to handle every day's living for your blessed Lord. Point to Jesus. Give him the glory. He must increase. I must decrease. I'm pleased, of course, when people enjoy my sermons. Anybody would be. But I'm delighted when somebody goes away saying, I met the Savior. That's when your heart is just filled with joy. He must increase. Oh, listen. What are you preaching for? What are you teaching for? What are you aiming for? You want people to say you're the greatest? I remind you that public acclaim is a very fickle thing. The crowd that shouted, Hosanna in the highest, blessed be uh, he that cometh in the name of the Lord, was the same crowd that shouted, crucify him, crucify him, a few hours later. Public acclaim is a very fragile, 
volatile, fickle thing. Is that what you're after? To have people say you're the greatest? Give you 15 years and folk won't even know your name. No, you better specialize in pointing to Jesus. In your conversation, find a way to talk about him. When people give you praise, turn it to him. When people give you criticism, tell him about it. He must increase. Now, how do you accomplish that? When you say he must increase, what do you mean? How do you accomplish it? Number one, have him on your mind so you think about him. Number two, realize that everything you've got comes from the Lord. Give him thanks and credit for it. Number three, depend upon his touch upon your life so that you do produce something worthy of eternity. And four, when it's all over, make sure that you thank him and praise him and give him the glory. Whoso offereth praise, says the Bible, whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. God says you can glorify him when you praise him. So be sure you give him all the praise and honor and glory. Dear Father, today, help us to give thee all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.